Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Well, did you notice anything different today? A couple of animals around, all decorated for vacation Bible school. The, the theme this year is in the wild. Some of you feel like you live there, I know. Uh, but, but if you would pray for our workers, our teachers, pray for our kids as we begin the week. Tomorrow we'll be setting, believe it or not, it's not all set up. Tomorrow we'll be setting everything up for Vacation Bible School, and we'll be starting that on Tuesday, go through Saturday. So, so pray that God will touch the hearts of the kids, that God will use us, and uh, that he will be honored and glorified, and that kids will come to faith uh, in Jesus. We are ending a series today. That's always kind of a, a sad thing for me. Um, we, we're coming to the end of 2 Timothy. The Apostle Paul has been writing to, to Pastor Timothy in Ephesus, and, and, and this is probably the last letter that the Apostle Paul wrote. Um, he's, he's coming to the end of his life. We talked about last week, uh, finishing strong. The Apostle Paul has mentioned to Timothy that he's fought the good fight, he's finished the race, and, and, and that he's, he's done what Christ has asked him to do. Boy, that's a, that's a big thing to say, isn't it? And so now we're, we're coming to the end of that. Next week, we're going to start Joshua. We're going to jump to an Old Testament book and start with Joshua. Be courageous. Any, anybody need to hear be courageous? Uh, yeah. Well, we'll start that next week, but, but today we want to finish this up. And the Apostle Paul is writing, and, and, and he's just kind of, you know, you ever, you ever talk to somebody and, and, you know, goodbyes are kind of hard. I was talking uh, with someone the other day and said it's fun when people come, but you know, it just kind of feels empty, you know, whenever they leave. And, and the Apostle Paul is writing this. And so he's trying to get all the, the last minute stuff in here. Let, let's read what he says as he writes to Timothy. Chapter 2, I'm sorry, chapter 4, Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 through 22. He says, do your best to come to me soon. Think about Paul and Timothy's relationship with one another. Paul says, Timothy, I, I want to see you. I want you to come. For Demas, don't name your kid Demas, by the way. I always like good Bible names. Well, you want to name them after the faithful people. Uh, but Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me. Now, one thing you got to love about the Apostle Paul is he didn't pull any punches. He, he just said it like it was. Uh, he's going to mention Alexander uh, in, in a moment. Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Cretans has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. We'll find out that that's not exactly uh, the, the total amount of people with him, but, but Luke is, is there actually with him uh, daily. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. This is neat. You remember uh, that there was a, a time earlier where Mark left in the middle of a missionary journey, right? He, he, he left for whatever reason, we don't know. When, when they got ready to, to go on the next one, Barnabas wanted to take Mark, and Paul said no. It, it was such a divisive issue with Paul and Barnabas that at that point, Paul and Barnabas split ways. Now, Barnabas had discipled Paul. I don't know if you remember that. Nobody would be around Paul when he first became a believer because, remember, he used to drag Christians off and they'd never be seen again. And so Barnabas did, and, and it was such a, a sharp dis disagreement between Paul and Barnabas to actually split ways. And, and you know, that's, that used to be the Baptist way of, of planting churches. You'd split. Um, they, they started it here. 
it's really cool to see that there has been reconciliation. And Paul is now saying about Mark, he's very useful for me. Bring, bring Mark with you, Timothy, when you come. Now, Paul knows the end of his life is near. Tychicus, I have sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books, and above all the parchments. That's funny. We think of, you know, anybody ever leave a jacket somewhere? It was your favorite jacket. I left one somewhere. I have no idea where it went. So if you see this blue free country jacket from, from Sam's, let, let me know. Don't, don't know where it is. It's not that. Paul's not saying, bring my jacket with you. This is a cloak. This is a heavy thing. Probably they, they would use it for a sleeping bag and, and winter's coming. And, and so Paul says, to, tell Timothy, bring that and, and bring uh, the books. And above all the parchments, he's probably talking about the scriptures. This is the Apostle Paul. If you ever think you've arrived, um, you've probably got a long ways to go yet. We all do. The Apostle Paul still wanting to study the Scriptures, knowing that his days are coming to an end. And then he says, Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. That's just kind of thrown in there for fun, I think. But it reminds us of an important principle that God is the one who pays people back. You, you ever just want somebody to get what they deserve? Not us. We don't want what we deserve. But you ever, you ever do that? I, I mention to this a, a lot, but it happens to me almost every time I drive down the mountain. Somebody passes me on a curve in a no-passing zone, and they're flying down the mountain until they get to the next car, and then I end up right behind them. And I'm like, mm, Officer Baker, where are you? By the way, he's the state police guy that'll remind you of the speed limit on the way down. The Apostle Paul says, this guy's really hurt me, but you know, I'm going to let God take care of that. And then he says, beware of him yourself, though, um, uh, for he strongly opposed our message. And then the Apostle Paul says something here that, that really is, is, is kind of sad, if you think about it. The, the Apostle Paul, you know, was, was taken to Rome for his faith. He appealed to Caesar. He says, at my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. You ever felt like you were just all alone? You ever felt that way? Like you get up, you, th you think you have people that, that, that have your back, and, and, and you get up, and, and, and you're, you're just really going for the defense, and you look, and you realize that nobody is standing with you. That's what the Apostle Paul experienced here. And then he says something that's very reminiscent of, of what Jesus said on the cross. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. Now, not, not literally. Paul was a, a Roman citizen. He wouldn't have been thrown to the lions, but probably a reference to Daniel. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. L let me remind you, what we'll finish up this passage uh, at the end, but let me remind you of, of just a couple of things uh, that the Apostle Paul helps us to remember at the end of this, this great letter that he's written to Timothy. And, and it really comes in, in kind of, of, of two, two ways that, the title of the message is Never Alone. And one of it, 
I, I, I want to extend to you as, as a charge, as maybe a command, don't try to go it alone in your Christian faith. You ever thought that we're very independent? We're in the Southwest, boy, you know, still the Wild West in some places, you know, they're, they're, they're still packing, you know. And, and, and we're fiercely independent. And, 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 and I've heard people, and maybe you have, maybe you felt this way at, at some time, you know what, I don't need other people. I, I, I got my Bible. I've got the Holy Spirit. God's with me, men. Me and God, we got it covered. Actually, God's got it covered. You're along for the ride, in case you forget. Never try to go it alone in your Christian walk. We, we think we can sometimes. And, and the Apostle Paul reminds us of this. It's really neat the way he gets to the end of this letter and we see all of these people that he's talking about. I, I looked just because I was curious because I began thinking of the one another's in, in Scripture, particularly in the New Testament. Did you know that in the New Testament there are 59 one another's? Let me read them to you. No, just part of it. Fifteen of them says love one another. That's pretty good. I, I think maybe we need, to remind, we need to be reminded to love one another. That's not the bubbly feeling that you get. Um, in, your, in your marriage, your relationship, you work to, to keep those right, the, the romantic love. This is the deciding to love somebody. This is the commitment to love somebody. And that's what the Scripture tells us, love one another. It also tells us to be at peace with one another. Peace isn't merely the absence of conflict. Did you know that? Men, we know that, don't we? Our wife gets mad at us, and she won't talk to us. There's no, there's no argument going on there, but it sure is a chilly week at home. That's not peace. That's just not fighting. Wash one another's feet, it says. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. Accept one another. Instruct one another. Greet one another with a holy kiss. It says that several times. Here's one we need to be reminded of as Baptists. Are you guys ready for this? This is, this is biblical. It says, let me find it again now. When you come together to eat, wait for one another. I, it's what the Bible says. Serve one another. Let us not be conceited, provoking, and envying one another. Carry one another's burdens. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Be kind and compassionate, forgiving one another. Speak to one another with hymns and spiritual songs. Submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. In humility, consider others better than yourselves. It goes on. I've only gotten to 29. There's, there's 59 of those. There's a lot of one another's in Scripture that we can't do if we're by ourselves, can we? Don't try to go it alone in your Christian walk. That is never the way God intended for us. In fact, it's really fun. If you look at Scripture the way that we're described, we're described as the body of Christ. I listed a bunch of Scriptures for you in your notes, Romans 7, 4, 12, 5, 1 Corinthians 12, 12. It goes, we are the body of Christ. At one point, Paul says, it's absurd, this is my paraphrase, it's absurd for the toe to say to the rest of the body, I don't need you. Imagine if your toe were to do that. Maybe your toe has. I, I know enough of you around here, part of your finger has, as you were cutting with a, with a um, what's that called? 
a table saw. See, I'm even afraid to say it. I almost lost one of mine in the jigsaw. By the way, this is, this is good advice. Always unplug your power tools before you change the blade. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, trying to help you out. Some of you can only count to nine and three quarters. <laughs> we're the body of Christ. And we're each individually members of it. That's the way we're described. We need one another. God has never intended for us to go it alone in our Christian walk. Now, we know we need him. I mean, that, that's pretty obvious. I need you, and, and you need me. We were talking just in the student Sunday school this morning, uh, you know, how we need to encourage one another in our walk with Christ, to remind one another sometimes, hey, you know what? You're centering your life on this instead of Christ. We, we need that from one another. We need to walk together in our walk with Christ, with one another. The body of Christ is how we're described. Uh, in, in several other places, three verses I listed for you, we're called the children of God. We're called sons of God, ad- daughters of God. We're adopted. We're children of God. We're, listen, we're a family. Now, I know what some of you are saying, uh-oh. Sometimes we don't get along with family. That's right. That's why 15 times we're reminded to love one another. And, and, and we're, we're the family of God. We're sons and daughters of God. We're co-heirs with Christ. And, and you may not like your family sometimes, but you need to love them. And, and we walk together. And then finally, we're called, I know, don't get too excited. Finally, with a pastor never means we're done. Okay, just, finally, we're called the household of God. I, I love that. We're the, we're the household of God. We uh, was talking uh, with someone just, just a little bit earlier this morning about going on mission trips. One of the greatest things about going on mission trips is just how God knits your heart together. Man, when you're in the trenches, when you're serving with one another, we, we do that in the household of God, that, that, that we stick together. You, you can't do that alone. Now, maybe you live in a big house, but in our household, you're going to bump into each other quite often. Even though hope is way down at the other end of the house, um, we can yell. She pretends like she can't hear what we're saying. But if we just mention her name softly in the kitchen, she knows exactly what we're talking about. We're the household of God. We're together. Never try to go it alone in your walk with Christ. God never intended for that to be. We're together. We're the body of Christ. We're the family of God. We're the household of God. And then the second thing I, I think the Apostle Paul w- wants to remind us of as, as he writes to Timothy in, in the end of this letter is when people let you down. By the way, if, you, if you've hung around me a little bit already, I probably already let you down about something. When people let you down, and they will, Rely on God. I, I love the, the last part of this as, as the Apostle Paul writes. He says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, the household of Nisiphorus. Erastus remained at Corinth, and, and, and I left Trophy. Wow, I should have practiced all these earlier. 
Trophimus, who is ill at Miletus, do your best to come before winter. Eubulus sends greetings to you, as do Pudens and Linus and Claudia and all the brothers. Now, isn't that cool? Paul, as he talks, you know, he, he mentioned earlier that, that when I stood up to give my defense, nobody else stood with me. That there was a point when everyone that Paul was depending on, when he stood up, now, I'm not sure we can really blame the people. Paul, Paul knew that he would give his life in defense of the gospel. And the other people around him by this time probably have figured that out too. But Paul said, you know what? All these other people that, that I had relied upon, when, when it got right down to it, they let me down. I like what he says. Um, May it not be charged against them. Don't let... You're hurt from other people keep you from the body of Christ. You ever known anybody that was hurt by church? Yeah, most of the people I know that don't go to church. And, and, and their thought is, you know what, man, I, I was involved in this church and I got hurt. These people call themselves Christians and they didn't act like that, so that's it, I'm out. Any of you ever had bad service at a restaurant? Do you ever give up going to restaurants? You might have given up on that one. Uh, but you still go out to eat. Whenever people let you down, whenever other believers let you down, rely on God. Why? Well, first of all, he's the one who will never leave us or forsake us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. And that's, that's where we place our hope and our trust and our faith. Whenever you begin to center your life around a person, you're going to be let down. Now, now you should lean on your spouse. You should trust your spouse. You should trust your family. But that's not, that's not where you're really putting all your weight on. You put your weight on God. And, and then I, I jumped ahead just a moment ago, but at the end, I, I love the way Paul, that happened to Paul. I can't imagine what it would be like knowing that you're given a defense for your faith, and this will probably cost you your life, and you're the only one, all these other people left. But, but Paul didn't, after that, go it alone. <laughs> Look at all the people that he mentioned. Priscilla and Aquila, Erastus, Trophimus, and, and he says, Eubulus sends greetings, as do Pudens and Linus. I love that. I can't help but think of Charlie Brown. Um, and Claudia, and all the brothers. You, you see, even though Paul was let down in the biggest of ways, in fact, it's very reminiscent of Jesus when he was arrested. The one who swore that he would give his life for Jesus, denied him three times, once to a little servant girl. Even though that happened to Paul, and Paul was abandoned in his greatest moment of need, by people. He didn't swear off people. He didn't try to go it alone. Paul still connected in the body of Christ. He still had people 
that he, that he trusted, that he walked with. And, and you remember in the beginning, he says, Luke alone is with me. I, I think that meant on a daily basis, but look at all those other people that he had. Never try to go it alone in your walk with Christ. It just doesn't go well. I, I love our, our VBS theme, and it's, it's really talking about the, the it's zoom in and focus on Jesus and, and taking snapshots. And, and as we go through the lessons uh, in this next week, it's snapshots of Jesus. But, but if you think of in the wild, uh, it, it's, it's the animal that gets off by itself that is most vulnerable. Listen, Satan, Satan's not stupid. <laughs> he knows if he can somehow pull you away get you off alone. In fact, I can remember before I became a Christian, I was, I was okay as long as I was with people. But, but I tell you, it, it, was, it was at night when I'm laying in my bed alone that, that I, I realized that I was without hope. As believers... We know that we're never really alone because God will never leave us or forsake us. But when we get away from the body of Christ, when we, when we find ourselves separated from other believers, that's when we are most vulnerable. That's when Satan attacks the most, or, or at least when his attacks have the greatest effect. Never, never try to go it alone in your walk with Christ. I would encourage you, get plugged in. I know some of you are a guest here, and, and hopefully you are plugged in uh, to a church where you live. If you're not, get plugged in. Get plugged into a small group somewhere, somehow, whether it's a Bible study, a Sunday school class, connection group, whatever you call them. Get plugged in. Get with a group of believers that can encourage and can support you. Be a part of a family they can say, hey, you know what? You're, you're leaning on the wrong place. I, I can feel you kind of pulling away a little bit. Get, get, get back in. You're trusting in a person when you should trust in Christ. You're, you're, you're leaning on, on a job when, when really your source of security comes from Jesus. I, I love the idea um, of uh, God, or Jesus said he's going to send us the, the comforter. That, that word for the Holy Spirit is paraclete. It's not shoes with pointy things in the bottom. Those are paracletes. Um, the paraclete is one who's called alongside. Isn't that neat? He's called alongside. The Holy Spirit comes alongside us. And you know what? We are called in a similar way to encourage one another, that we come alongside one another. Right? Um, in FCA in high school, we're kind of demonstrating this a little bit. Why do we need one another? And and you know what? If I've got someone on either side, even if I stumble, I'm not going to fall. In fact, I don't know about you, but there are times where I was pretty sure that I could not take another step. But if I've got someone on either side, sometimes they can help carry me along. That's what it's supposed to be in the body of Christ. And remember, even when people let you down, you're never really alone. Don't, don't give up on the body of Christ. Don't give up on the church because someone hurt you. Remember, that's when we rely on God. That's when we lean on him the most. 
I just love the way that Paul said that. May it not be charged against them. <laughs> what if, what if we took that attitude more with one another? Now, I know, I know the attitude I want to take a lot of times is, boy, get them, God. <laughs> you, know, you know, pray for them, and, and our prayers are, Lord, heap burning coals upon their head. Bring the fire of conviction in their heart. You know, let's maybe not pray like that. But, but what, if, what if we were a lot more forgiving with one another? What if we're a lot more gracious for one another? Because we're trusting in God, but we're also walking with one another. I believe that's the way God wants us to be. Think about what a testimony we would have as a church if the people outside our walls saw us loving one another like that, even when we hurt one another, that we're forgiving. When someone stumbles, we don't kick them. I mean, you know, that used to be, I hope that's not the way much anymore, but, but you know, when, when someone falls into sin, you know, we don't like pull out the shotgun, but we go over to help them. We go over to, as it says in Galatians, to restore them gently back into fellowship in the body of Christ. What if we did that? What if the world around noticed that? Do you think people would be a lot more open to the good news of Jesus? I think so. I, I think they would look and say, you know what? They're not perfect, but they're real, and there's something real there that they have that I need. Rather than what I hear most of the time is that the church is full of hypocrites, <laughs> to which we often want to say, well, it just fit right in. <laughs> I, I don't want to be seen as a group of hypocrites. I want to see, be seen as a group of people who are authentically following Jesus. And that we love one another, we forgive one another, we restore one another, and that we help one another in our walk with Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I love the way you love us. You take us where we are, but you love us too much to let us stay here. While we were still sinners, you demonstrated your love for us and that you sent Jesus to die on the cross to take our sin, to pay the punishment for our sin so that we could have a right relationship with you. And, and God, because of that, because of how much we've been forgiven. Lord, we can walk with one another and forgive one another. We can encourage one another and I walk with you. Lord, I pray that you would so knit us together, so knit our hearts together in this place that we walk with one another and it would be a testimony of your love to the world around us. We wouldn't try to pretend that we're perfect, but Lord, we would confess and repent when we need to. We would help one another. And that God, above all, we'd remember the reason that we are here is so that we can share the good news of Jesus Christ with the world around us. We could do it with our actions. We could do it with our deeds. And Lord, above all, we'd do it with our words. Father, we pray that, Lord, you would, you would so work in our midst, God, that we'd be of one heart, and one mind, one body in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.